Information security awareness programs are a given in most enterprises, and organizations and governments and private sector spent millions to change the behavior of their employees and stakeholders. But have these awareness initiatives worked? To answer that question, I'm joined by Steve Durbin, Global Vice President of Information Security Forum. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for inviting me, Eric. Are investments in developing human capital to compute safely paying off? Good question, isn't it? The short answer would be no. I think that what we've seen is trying to put a dollar value on security awareness improvements has really proven to be very, very difficult for for a large number of organizations. What this new report from Promoting Awareness to Embedding Behaviors does is it proposes that making people aware of their information security responsibilities, traditional awareness, if you like, and how they should respond is no longer enough. So what are organizations doing wrong? A lot of organizations have you know, compliance activities which fall under the general heading of security awareness. We believe that the real commercial driver behind all of this should now be risk and how new behaviors can reduce that risk. And so what we're looking to do is to say, well, how do you embed what we term positive information security behaviors, which will result in stop and think becoming much more of a habit and part of an organization's information security culture. And then you measure the success of that behavior change rather than pure play awareness through a reduction in risk rather than what people know or fail to know or perhaps know but choose to ignore. Can you give an example or two? Yeah, I mean, one of the big challenges that I find most most striking in all of this is we talk about awareness or, or behavior change, uh, yet very often one of the reasons why things fail is that we've made incorrect assumptions about our audience, about the people and their motivations. You probably remember Cisco's annual security report last year, actually came out in January last year, where they did a particular survey of Generation Y to try to understand what was going on with those guys. The findings were were pretty startling. I mean, 80% of the people that they surveyed said they didn't like their company's IT policy. That translated into 70% of them breaking policy and 61% of them believing that they weren't responsible for protecting any information that they had on devices. Well, if you compare that with the gray hair, no hair in the organization, you get a very, very different approach those gray hair, no hair individuals are very much more inclined to follow a policy, for instance. But most organizations have got a a real mixture of these in there. It is about trying to speak the language of the individual that you're trying to address. And that will be very different depending on the region of the world that you're operating in, perhaps the department that uh, you're working with, and indeed based on the risk profile that you've got within that area and really what you're trying to get out of it. In putting together this report, We did research right the way across the world, from from Europe through to Asia, North America, of course, and down to Africa, to really try to understand what the different uh, cultural nuances might be, not just from an age perspective, but also from a regional standpoint, and to, to really try to come up with what good practice might look like so that we could propose some new and creative ideas that, that would improve or, or augment what leading uh, members uh, in, uh, in the ISF already had in place. Looking over the summary of your research, it, it sounds like maybe to determine how to do this, you need to be, almost be like a psychologist. You make references to uh, behavioral psychology, cognitive psychology, neuropsychology. How come you're getting that deeply into psychology? You're absolutely right, by the way. This is a very, very different approach, not just for, for the ISF, but I think for, for a lot of organizations that have been successful in embedding you know, this positive uh, uh, behavioral change approach into the way that they communicate information security. Why do we have to come at it from that perspective? If we look at the fundamental reasons for failure of awareness programs in the past, we highlight probably six. You know, solutions that perhaps are not, not aligned to business risks. Progress nor value is being measured. We put 
awareness programs out there and, and in some cases put up the poster and hope for the best. We've made some incorrect assumptions. I've talked about that from a cultural perspective or age-based perspective. We set unrealistic expectations. Senior management tell us to roll out an awareness program around a particular issue because we have to have it and we expect to see a sea change within six months. And then finally, we don't perhaps have the correct skills involved in deploying it, and so awareness is just a bit of a background noise. What we're saying is that information security people, whilst they will have content expertise, also need to be reaching out across the organization to really be working with, for instance, marketing departments, sales departments, HR departments, and indeed, if you're lucky enough to have some psychologists on, on staff, those as well, to help you really understand how you can build a program that, is, that has a better chance of success rather than continuing to do what you've always done and perhaps you know, print up a few more mouse mats or get some more, uh, get some more mugs made. You make reference to these different departments. It sounds as if you're talking to the security people. Is it the security people who have to be in charge, own the uh, awareness program within an enterprise? Not necessarily, Eric, no. And um, I, I think this is a great opportunity, actually, for security. I mean, you and I have spoken you know, in the past about the fact that one of the challenges security faces is how do you really get the message across through the enterprise? How do you communicate effectively? This is another opportunity, I think, for the security folks to actually sit down with different departments and, and really try to collaborate uh, within their own organizations. Some of our members have these programs run, for instance, by their HR departments. Others have adopted much more of a sales and marketing approach to it, so their marketing people would take the lead on it. What is important is that from a security standpoint, the security guys are seen as being the content experts. They understand what it is that we need to be doing from a positive behavioral perspective to, to really um, reduce the risk associated with operating in cyberspace today. But they may not know how to get that message across to individual departments, to the business. And that's where these other pieces of the enterprise can really help and become very much more engaged and understand the security issues, of course. It sounds like another example of why it's so important for information security specialists being able to communicate. Yeah, absolutely right. And what we have seen with uh, a number of our members is breaking up their, uh, their information security teams, putting them into actual business departments so that they can understand at first hand what the behaviors are like, how people actually go about doing the day job so that security isn't viewed as a necessary evil, an add-on, but it can be viewed as something that is integral to the way that you go about doing your business. It's very important that security people do have that insight. And as I say, some of the, uh, our members have actually taken that somewhat radical approach of, of actually embedding you know, security champions into business departments. And that goes beyond just awareness, correct? Oh, absolutely right. Uh, it, it's, it's across the whole gamut of, uh, uh, of information security and indeed increasingly, of course, cybersecurity and risk management. The report makes reference to changing the consequence regarding unwanted behaviors and promoting target behaviors. What do you mean by that? Some kind of punishment, reward system? It's slightly more than that. It is really saying, look, most people, uh, and there are exceptions, but most people come to, come to work with the intention of doing a decent job. People don't necessarily deliberately uh, flout rules if they understand why they're in place. And so what we're saying is you need to be speaking the language of the individuals that you're targeting. You need to be, yes, encouraging good behavior, but you also need to be very careful about when things go wrong. So is the individual 
deliberately ignoring something, or is it perhaps a lack of training? Or, as in most cases, has somebody simply made a mistake and forgotten? So let's provide the positive interventions at that point so that they understand what went wrong and how it can be fixed. And computer-based training can be used to, to help that, of course. Um, a good example would be an organization that runs a, um, a phishing program to see how many of their uh, users actually click on, the, click on the wrong link. Well, if you do click on the link, don't then wait a fortnight to send somebody on a course or haul him up in front of his manager and tell him how, what a bad job he's done. Actually provide the intervention at that point in time provide a message that flicks up on the screen explaining that this was part of a program, a test environment. This is what went wrong. These are the things that you can do constructively uh, to avoid making the same mistake in the past and try to understand why that mistake was made because other people will be doing similar things. I think that's the other important thing. You know, People make mistakes not in isolation. Very many people make similar mistakes and so we're trying to understand what those things are and more importantly, what we can do to ensure that uh, we're, we're providing the positive feedback. But ultimately, of course, if you've got somebody who's hell-bent on, on being destructive in the environment, then that's clearly an HR issue, and you need to have your policies and processes in place to deal with that. Okay, people look at your proposals and try to implement that. How do they uh, know that what they've done to improve security awareness works? What are the metrics? Yeah, good good question. I mean, there, there are four you know, key requirements, I think, for, for success in terms of putting out these programs. One of them is clearly setting realistic expectations. You know, you develop a risk program, you target behavior change, you engage with people at a personal level, but you have to have the metrics in place to be able to ensure you know when you're being successful. Give you another example that's taken from one of our member organizations, which is a world-leading integrated telecoms company. Some of their requirements were to protect brand reputation, be able to adapt to a changing business landscape and the associated risk, protect customer information from cybercrime and losses, prevent data loss, clearly setting out at the outset what the business requirements are, then putting in place the program, but identifying critical success factors that you can measure. So leadership role modeling and buy-in. Is your leadership really walking the talk? Using a number of integrated different communication methods, such as learning theory, marketing, systemic communication, which enables employees through simulation, moderation, team-based, uh, face-to-face communication, really figure things out. Engaging with certain role models, again, and judging the success of those people in terms of being able to spread the word across the environment. And monitoring, I think, as well, the way in which the audience is responding. And you do that in a fairly traditional way, through surveys, through focus group sessions, through team-based activities. But feeding all of that back in and saying, okay, this is working, this isn't working, figure out why things are working as well as why they're not working so that we can continue to do more of the good and change the pieces that, uh, that obviously need some targeted interventions. Are such efforts costly? I think it doesn't have to be. I think that you know what, what we're saying is start small, make sure that you understand what you're doing, make sure that you can measure the impact. And frankly, if you can prevent a breach taking place or significant downtime of, of some of your systems and the impact that that would have from a reputational damage point of view or a loss of customer information, then the costs of these kinds of programs really do pale into insignificance. Thanks, Steve. Thank you very much indeed, Eric. I've been speaking with Steve Durbin of the Information Security Forum for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.